Hey, it's Desiree. Do you have a question you want answered on the podcast? Well, email us at fadersuppodcast at yahoo.com or DM us on Instagram at fadersuppodcast. This is the Faders Up Podcast. Welcome to the Faders Up Podcast. I'm Czar. I'm Pat. I'm Desiree. And I'm O'Shea. What it do? And this is the podcast about pro audio and beyond. If you got a question you want answered on the podcast, you can reach us at fadersuppodcast at yahoo.com. Or you can reach us on Instagram at fadersuppodcast. And you can join our discussion in our Facebook group at fadersuppodcast. All hosts and guests that appear on the show will be in the show notes. And uh, this episode, we're going to talk about the pandemic one year later, especially what it's been like uh, for us as uh, audio professionals and personally as well. Uh, but first, we're going to start with our segment of who's been pushing faders up. What the heck? Uh, so, no <laughs> say. <laughs> Bro, what the hell was that noise, man? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to ignore it, but then I saw Pat laughing. I, Pat, was that you fiddling papers, man? No, that was me. Uh, was it that loud? Jesus. It yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. All right, it's cool. Zorro, uh, what was your question? <laughs> Who been pushing faders up? How have you been pushing faders up? Okay. <laughs> Since you weren't listening. Oh, I've, I've been pushing faders up, honestly, just focused on business development, uh, growing my Beats and Bars brand. Um, this week, I'll be pushing faders up, writing sessions in America. We're having another boot camp this week. So this week I'll be, you know, doing a lot of production and songwriting uh, this week. Now, what about you, Pat? Uh, I mean, what have I been doing? Besides, besides giving me a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> trying to expand my clientele. That's what I've been trying to do. Mm, Outside of sure. being prepared for everything, but just expand my clientele. I'm trying to come up with some numbers that's realistic for the year but as far as income and try to reach it on music. Cool. Hey, that's, yeah. that's a good goal. It's yeah. a precise you, goal. You can do it, man. So let me jump off topic a little bit, but so um, you mentioning that makes me think of, so do you keep up with, this is for everybody. Do y'all keep up with what you do? Uh, like for example, you Pat, do you keep up with, how many beats you sell a year currently no okay will yeah. i going for yes but currently no i probably because uh, i don't want to go down this tangent right now but no i'm just gonna leave it there does anybody else keep up with like you should do you keep up with how many mixes you do a year or nah I, um i mean I do keep up. I definitely keep up with how many beats us. So um, definitely in 2020, bro, I had to keep up with them drinks, man. I sold two. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but not in, in all seriousness, though. I I mean, I did sell two beats. But uh, not in all seriousness, 
seriousness, I do think it's important to to keep track of your progress, right? Like a lot of times, I don't know if y'all like me, but I've been guilty of only celebrating like the big milestones, right? But what happens is we deprive ourselves of additional motivation. Like one of my, in a, in a past relationship, uh, my ex, well, my girl at the time used to always tell me, you got to celebrate the small victories. So I will say in 2020, though I didn't keep track of like how many mixes and beats and stuff, I did keep track of how many paid events I did with my Beats and Bars brand, right? So I know what my number was for 2020. It was one in-person and seven virtual events. So now for 2021, I want to beat that, like nothing less Mm. than seven. Yeah, I want to. I do want to get more, I guess, business minded. I'll say because it is hard to judge your growth if you don't know what you did, you know, the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was just, I was just curious about that because I, I don't keep mm-hmm. up with how many songs I record or how many mixes I do. I just because to me, even if that number was zero, I'm gonna still do it anyway because it's just what I love doing. But yeah, I feel that. I think as we grow older too and your goals get more defined, you know, doing what you love versus making some money, it's like you do have to keep up with that. Cause I only keep I'm kinda like between Zara and O'Shea, I only keep up with the major projects. A lot of the smaller things I just kinda let fly on the radar. You know, I don't not recognize them as something I did, but they weren't as crucial to be you know, to me, as far as what I consider progress. So if you consider Mm -hmm. progress, just the fact that you're still doing what you love to do, then Mm -hmm. yeah, why keep up with that? But if you need, if you need to keep up with how many mixes you're doing, how many songs you're selling, or, um, you know, that sort of thing, how many beats you're selling, then yeah, having an actual, because money, the monetary gain is the goal and having, keeping track of that is important to determine if you're still on track, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, so part of the reason I'm doing the whole catalog with the library of beats or whatever, or 200, is because I feel like I never can really see how much I'm, how many beats I'm making versus what I'm actually getting rid of. Like, I feel like I end up with a lot of unfinished beats, and then I don't know what I finished versus what I didn't finish. So I feel like if I get those 200 in the folder and then by the end of the year, I sell those 200, they be gone. Mm. So I start the year off with 200 beats. And then obviously I make a lot more beats in between there. But if I can get rid of that initial 200 that I had at the beginning, then I can actually see some progress. Do you do you label your unfinished beats? No. Okay. So I, I've started labeling. I probably got maybe like five beats I've labeled uh, revisit. So I oh, know it's okay. I know it's something that you know w- was cool starting off, but I'm kind of stuck on it, and I just need to come back to it later. Oh, let me give a f- uh, file management tip from that, and it's a refresh from the non sexy episode we did about file management. Uh, everybody here using Mac, right? Yeah. I think yeah. we're team Mac. So instead of like actually ch- naming the beat unfinished, just tag it in Mac in a finder. 
So that way, I mean, that's what I do. So I tag my beats. I go in the finder, you know, and all my unfinished beats, I just create a tag that says unfinished. So when I get to that part, you know, mm. my schedule, it's like, you know, I just click on the tag that says unfinished and it'll just show me all the ones with that label. I see. Now, I've, um, my, you remember I was asking, how do y'all name, how do you go about naming it? Yeah. Uh, what I've decided to do on, on that is I just name it. Um, I just have it czar track and then I have the date of whatever date I created it. And that's worked really well. Cause if, if I send it to someone and they, Oh, you know, if someone gets back to me. Oh, what's that? Um, you know, that, that beat you did or whatever. I'm like, well, what's the, what's the date? <laughs> and I can, right. and that also keeps my, uh, sessions in chronological chronological order as well by the date as well. So I can easily um, find them that way. Go from right. the newest back to the oldest. So you're saying you send it to the clients with that name? Czar track one? No, I mean Czar track in the date. Oh, and it, yeah. I, do you save it that way or do you also send it with that file? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Uh, both. Oh, I well, <laughs> I mean, I do that too. I feel you. I I put like right now, all of my beats have like a date or abbreviation of the date. Like I'd be like one seventeen twenty one, cove like COVID. Hmm. So that means made during the pandemic. But yeah, I send my beats off just like that. Shit, it's just a title. But I do that. I do that. Yeah. You I do that. I do that just to so I can find the session. Like when right, I run right. all those random names, I would lose sessions or I forget. You know, oh man, I was working on this beat the other day. What was it called? And mm-hmm. I'm sitting here banging my head because I got a hundred plus sessions in my logic folder. So if mm-hmm. I don't name it something where I can actually tag it to a date or something, then I don't know how to find it. Right. What do we leave off with uh faders up? I think uh I think O'Shea, you and Pat win. What about you, Desiree? Um now I've just been real buckled down on finding my production style. Um, like I said in the last episode, I'm just taking myself through a self-created program of deep diving into every aspect of what I have to create music. So I've been playing piano forever but I want my skills on it to be better. Um, I'm going to pick up guitar and really, I want to be, by the end of the year, I want to be, um, I would say proficient. I want to be able to like play chord progressions pretty easily on guitar by the end of the year. I'm deep diving in the Omnisphere. I just installed that like maybe in December. Um, my rolling, deep diving in, like just going super deep to where I know the ins and outs. <clears throat> of how to use all of my software because I feel a lot of times when I have a creative idea, because I'm not trying to engineer anymore. I really just want to create. It makes me happy. It brings me joy. That's what I love to do. Um, But sometimes when I have an idea, I feel like I get stuck because either I can't play it or I don't know what to do to get it out, you know? So I'm really just going into that mode of just, you know, self-improvement. I do have uh, the audio book I was working on last year should be released within the next couple of weeks, probably by the time of this, uh, this courting airs or is released. It should be out, but it's Love and Rage by Lama Rod Owens. I had the pleasure of recording the audio book. I made the music, recorded everything. 
Um, I learned a lot about myself. I did find my sound a little bit in that. So I'm really excited about continuing that road of making meditation music and studying more about the effects of certain frequencies. So frequencies on the mind, body, and spirit. Um, and understanding how music, how music is a healing aspect and how to actually do that, you know? Um, then you get into the whole 430, 432 hertz versus 440 hertz as a whole nother topic. But that's what I've been um, studying lately. And yeah, my faders are just kind of internal right now. And I'll be putting out, you know, fillers to artists like, hey, I'm making music. I hope I can send some to you in the future, you know, that sort of thing. So that's really all I've been doing, just getting better, you know. How have you been pushing up faders, Zar? Well, so I've been I've been mixing for an artist named TT Solo, who I met at the CD Baby Conference 2019 in Austin. And um, I've mixed two songs for her now. The first one was released end of December, and I'm not sure when she's releasing this other one. I just did probably sometime in February, if I would assume. Uh, but that... And uh, still doing a lot of, uh, I've got a, a YouTube video. It should be out by the time everyone hears this, where I'm comparing the Waves SSL, Plugin Alliance SSL, and the SSL Duende Native. Mm -hmm. I, I ended up picking up the SSL E and G channel from Plugin Alliance. And it took, you know, I, you know, I got it because I was able to get it for like $15 or whatever. But I have so many other SSL emulations. And I'm like, I really don't need another one, but because of the price, I went ahead and got it and glad that I did get it because while they do all sound the same to me or sound very similar, all three of them have different feature sets, which I find is, is really interesting in comparing the three. It, uh, is there one feature set that one has that you can't like do without or are they all that unique in terms of the feature set? Uh, they're all unique. I would say that the Plugin Alliance has the most features on it. And well, I'm not going to get into all of them here, but it has the most feature set that it can do outside of um, this, you know, standard functionality as a SSL uh, channel strip. Yeah, that was something that always threw me when I first got into um engineering is how many emulations of the same type of gear you'll find by different manufacturers because like like how waves has an la two-way and um ua has an la two-way and of course they're the originators of the la two-way so i'm like how does waves have the la two-way aren't you like stealing a little bit and it's like eh. no nah, not really you know once i learned more about plugins and how mm -hmm. they work but um i've always found that interesting what I find the most interesting is that you can have four different emulations of the same thing, like LA-2A, for example. You can take Waves, you can take UA. Uh, who else? I mean, everybody has one. But, but you, can set them, you can set them all to the exact same settings mm -hmm. and get such different results. Mm. That's the part. That's so that part. Mm -hmm. If you're all modeling the same thing, how can your yeah, it should be the same when you set the knobs the same, right? And it's just it's it's not even when I compare um because I have plenty 
uh, emulation, plug-in emulations that I own the hardware too. You know, same thing. I can go to compare the two and I set the hardware to settings and I set the plug-in to match it and totally different sound. Yeah. We we got a um we got an audience member on the live stream that says they were not created by the same unit. So that that could be a thing where if you're emulating the hardware, if you're not emulating the exact same hardware, like because microphones could sound the same, right? Like you could have a U87 or U87, you know what I'm saying? AI, I think mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. And yeah. So who knows? I mean, I Maybe. get I get that, but it still shouldn't it shouldn't differ that much. I understand that all you know these vintage units they change over time and whatever, whatever, but it, it shouldn't differ that that much, in my opinion. It's all about the algorithm, mm. what they're able to create in there, you know. That's really what you pay for when you buy a plug-in. Right. And I think at the end of the day, I guess this can kind of wrap this part up, you know, unless I got another question or comment about it. But I think I agree with what Young Guru said. So Young Guru was like, he was on a panel for the Beat Stars Summit, and he was basically saying, you know, of course, people were asking, well, what about the emulation microphone? What about the emulation plugins? And coming from a Grammy Award winning engineer, he's basically like, they don't make that much of a difference. He was like, you know, he said he he's used the emulation stuff. So I feel like at the end of the day, now my mentor, Kelvin Grimble with Audio Engineer Society, I'm, he's a purist, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, if it sounds dope, it sounds dope. If it helps you do your job easier, easier or quicker, or helps you have more fun while you're doing it, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't care what it's called, what you know what I'm saying? If it if it, you know, if I if it helps me enjoy what I'm doing and helps me do it better. Yeah, I'd say the most important thing to me is is the sound. Um if it as long as it sounds good is all that should matter it shouldn't matter if this plug-in sounds exactly like the hardware or not just does it sound good and mm. and, and leave it at that that's good i think that's safe so we'll move on to our, our main topic here which is you know discussing the pandemic one year later here and we'll start Ooh, off <laughs> <laughs> let's start no, off I Let's start off by asking, what has been good about the the pandemic for you personally? I think the biggest thing for me is definitely giving me the opportunity to grow my business while keeping expenses at a minimal. You know what I'm saying? Like if we were doing beats and bars events in person, have to pay for the venue, that's probably the biggest part where, you know, I would have to pay for actual laptops and Wi-Fi and all of that. But with it being virtual, I've kept my expenses super low, but I've still been able to have events and grow the brand. And it's also been good as far as on a real personal level, it's just been good giving me the opportunity to build relationships with people, specifically even in a dating context, right? Because it's like, like on one hand, virtual virtual might might look like ah that's whack i wish so and so was here but it's like it's forced it's forced me to really focus on the communication aspect because i think Mm -hmm. sometimes 
we can allow physical attraction and proximity to like blind us and distract us from really focusing on the things that will actually help build a healthy, solid marriage. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that that's where I'm at with it. Uh, what about you, Desiree? Um, personally, it's been good for me because I can really sit down. I'm always on the move and it was good to be able to just even working from home. So that part didn't really stop, but just the not having to really be anywhere. Um, but it was also good because I was really able to fall into myself and, and how I mentioned last episode, the getting out of my own way. A lot of that is figuring out what's going on in your mind. Why, you know, are you having a cognitive dissonance issue? You know, is that playing into your day-to-day life? And is it also playing into your uh, career aspirations? You know what I mean? Like, because you're always on the go and it's like, you know, you need to take a moment to think about these things. But it's also if you stop, you feel like if you stop, you won't, you know, you'll miss a step, you'll miss something, you'll mm-hmm. get left out. Or so, that's how I would feel anyway. So this year was good to really just sit down, step back, sit down and and hone my mind and spirit into why I'm even doing this in the first place. Because I think I've, after a while, I just kind of like lost sight of that and never really lost sight of it because I've always followed the music and whatever I've done. But I don't know. There's a part of that that kind of might lead you astray where it's like, okay, and I've said this on previous episodes, I'm doing live events and I never wanted to really do this, but how, you know what I mean? So it's been good for me in that way. And as far as music wise, like it feels really good to be at work and take a 15 minute break and play the guitar real quick or play Mm -hmm. the piano real Mm -hmm. quick, Uh, listen to some beats or I need to send off an email that somebody asked for, you know, just kind of, have that ability to pull a double duty if you need to. I can't count how many times I'm, <laughs> I hope no one at work, my job listens, that I'm on my work laptop and on my <laughs> Mac at the same time. <laughs> I get my work done, but I mean, I'm like two, I'm like two hands on two different, like, you know, so um, it's been, it's been good for me, you know, perspective is everything. Yeah. I would say, you know, for me, it'd be, I was able to pay pay down a lot of bills because mm. I don't have as many expenses. And like you said, about being home all the time now, it's, if I do need to shoot an email to someone or can you send me this revision or whatever, most times you know, I'm at home so I can go ahead and do it versus mm. uh, I'm out right now, do it tonight or or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, the biggest thing is you know, I've paid down credit cards. I'm, I'm not traveling. I'm not buying clothes. So in in that sense, it's been it's been good. That's good. I forgot I had a closet, so that's good. <laughs> I went in my closet the other day, like, oh, I do have clothes. Okay, that's funny. Uh, what about you? Man, you want to buy more lounging clothes? I'm like, man, I don't got no lounging stuff. Right. That, that's what I got for Christmas, and I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Jogging pants, hoodies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's all I I, I want to go to the store right now and buy like ten sets of jogging pants or joggers and ten hoodies, plain hoodies, nothing on them. <laughs> that's the way to I go. Do, 
I do get sad when I look in my closet and I got like all these button ups and <laughs> yeah. I've not put a button up on in a year now. Jeez. See, see, for me, man, my mentality is look, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, you're going to get paid good. So I say all that to say that <laughs> there have been, se- been several instances during the pandemic where I'll get fully dressed to go downstairs and work on music. Cause I feel like some, I mean, sometimes I will wake up and just start making stuff, but I find that a lot of times being in the, the lounge attire makes me feel less productive and focused. So mm-hmm. it's a, mm-hmm. it's a physiological thing. Yeah. I think, I mean, physiological is more about the body, but yeah, I, I'll do that. I'll get up do my whole morning routine, put on jeans and sit in my living room and go to work. It definitely helps your brain say, no, we need to be productive, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But, um, I mean, more with the pandemic, I mean, more so, I think more than anything is help me appreciate time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you actually got so much more time to do everything. So I'm just like, man, I'm just, I've just been enjoying the time of not really being obligated to go many places. Mm-hmm. I think people like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I actually like going now, but when I, <laughs> when I think about it, it don't even bother me not to go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably rather just sit at home and watch TV anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what um what what pre pandemic activities does everyone miss? Like what, what do you miss doing? I'm I'm a, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, Pat may feel some kind of way about this. I think we talked about it before, but I miss going to the boom bap every month here in Nashville, man. Like I miss going to parties. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Oh, like, what a, why am I feel a way about that? Not, it, it might not be you. It might have been somebody else, but was talking about the issue of the of boom bap not having like black DJs. Oh, Maybe. that was me. That was yeah. me. That was me. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. But I, I still miss the event. You know what I'm saying? I miss that. Um, Wasn't that at the fifth spot? The, oh, Is just, that the name of it in East Nashville? The five spot. Five uh, spot. It ain't mm. been at the five spot in probably like maybe like two years now like it left the five spot it went somewhere else then it went to basement east for a while and then right it was still east nashville isn't it yeah but right before that right before the pandemic hit it had went um to midtown uh, at uh at the end at exit exit in okay yeah 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 but uh but yeah i just missed parties I'm trying to think, what else was I doing before the pandemic? Uh, <laughs> I I would say I missed driving Lyft uh, only because it wasn't just about making money. It was like it was a networking opportunity. Right. So like I'm a people person. So, you know, what I'm saying so the pandemic at times did make me feel like ah, I'm losing it because it's like I don't have that human interaction right like the movie mm-hmm. crash like the opening monologue was like man you know sometimes you ever want to just crash into somebody that like feel alive um so i so i missed that <laughs> yeah. yeah i i definitely miss going out and not that i'm not that i go out and party 
that much. I'm long, I'm, I'm not even gonna say party. If I go out a lot of time, it's just to hear live music or like the uh, the urban writers rounds that a uh, music queen was putting oh, on. Those, those yeah. dope. look forward to those every month. Conferences, I, I miss going to conferences mm. and traveling too. Just going to you know other cities. And I, I guess technically I can still travel now, but I'm not doing that. It ain't that serious to me. So you made me. You made me remember I forgot one, probably like one of the biggest ones. I ain't going to lie. I miss going to church, man. I miss seeing my church family like in person. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, virtual service is cool, but I miss the meeting three in the hugging everybody. It's not. But I mean, the word is still good. So I guess that's one of the most important things. So, Mm. What about you, Desiree? My life is pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing i don't do now that i didn't do before covid i'd Mm. say the only thing i miss the most is being able to go into a starbucks and sit down and be on my laptop Mm. but even then there's there are two black owned coffee shops here in nashville one called the horn off murfreesboro road and the other closer to downtown right across the street from the police precinct um, that they just built not too long ago. And then the other one, the beanbag coffee and tea shop. Yeah, those are my guys. I the love bean, going. Beanbag yeah. fire, man. Out they in got, Annie. Uh, they yep. got fraps. Fraps? Yeah. I think so. Isn't that what they call fraps? The, the, uh, fraps. The, yeah. I can't recall. I can't uh, recall. Don't I, don't do I don't know what. I don't do, co- I don't do hot coffee. Yeah, you. Uh, they do you ice coffee. You look like you, you don't, don't do hot coffee. <laughs> Nah, he bougie, um, man. I can see it. You no, drink with man. your pinky up, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you do. Hey, my, my roommate works at the beanbag. Who's your roommate? Uh, Kari. Uh, kind of stocky guy, glasses. He works there on Fridays. Uh, okay, I've ran into him before. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, yeah, that's my dude. And then I yeah. know, uh, Qu- uh, who is it, Q? Qu- Quentin. Mm-hmm. Quentin. Yeah, yeah, he's real cool. Yeah, him and Dr. Aaron. Yeah, they stay hooking me up. Um but yeah, I love going to a good coffee shop and you know just being on my laptop working or just pretending to work. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing as far as going and being out. Um, parties, um, I you know I'll go if I'm invited. Uh, events, I like to go to networking events like the ones uh, Music Queen would put on. Probably those would probably be the only real events I would go to. And um, but yeah, other than that, my life hasn't changed much. Man, I miss getting dressed too. That's true. You you can still do it though, man. I'm not doing all that. Yeah, yeah for nobody to see it. Is but like, that's what know. we wait. You mean getting dressed like like getting like real clean, like suit and tie type stuff? Not that far. But I mean, I've been known to put on a you know a blazer here and there, or even just getting just getting fly. I mean, I just don't. Um, I'm not going anywhere but the grocery yeah. store. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, what about? I you? think I did get dolled up one good time to go to the grocery store, and I thought, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is weird." Man, I'm sorry, Pat. Oh, you good? Uh, I mean, I probably miss concerts a little bit. I mean, I didn't go to many, but when <laughs> I, I kind of miss concerts. And I guess I don't miss going out because, I mean, I do go out sometimes. And as far as my friends, I didn't see most of them here and there. 
but I probably miss just being out late. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing open after a certain time. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't play around the house and then be like, oh, I'm gonna go out for a drink, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, we close at eleven. Well, we not serving food no more. Yeah. Like that's always been the issue though. Not at ten thirty. Yes, I mean I don't know. I don't know what Nashville you live in, but Nashville <laughs> <laughs> to me is like their hours are ridiculous. Like you could not get away with this in a larger city. Closing at eleven, not opening till ten in the next morning. No. Well, closed on Mondays. Yeah, I mean not just the pandemic um, times. Because I mean, even Broadway is closing at uh, 10, 30, 11 now. Oh, well, okay. I ain't, I ain't been down there. I've had no reason Man, to to go down there. Yeah, it's a little crazy down there, but... I'm sure. But yeah, I, I just I, I just miss going out late. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, being able to be down in the streets, I mean, it really brings into perspective how not a big city Nashville is, and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? But on the real, some people they've been living so reckless during the pandemic, they ain't stopped doing nothing. It's like that's, that's true. Like they don't miss it because they ain't stopped. They still been out there acting a fool, man. I'm like, Tennessee is like one of the worst states. Which anyway, I don't even want to get mm, never mind. I'll stop. I don't even want to get that. So has has pro audio returned to normal for y'all? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's hard for pro audio to return to normal because most of the clients that we work with right now, as far as us on the show, most of our clients are doing the same thing we doing where they're chasing their dreams. They're still working their nine to fives and whatever. So if you're working a nine to five, trying to build a music career, you probably not recording right now. Cause you ain't, you know what I'm saying? Cause you lost income. Um, but at the record shop, uh, we have been doing sessions there for like for several months now. So uh, my workload isn't, you know, I don't get as many calls as I did before, but I've done like a handful of studio sessions, you know, you know, in the past couple months. Yeah. I think that question is very relative to what normal was before. Cause also too, I switched up. Like I said, I'm not uh, too keen on continuing on engineering I'd really mm. rather produce. So I guess I'm in uh, a transition period of finding a new normal. So I don't know what normal is other than, you know, me just being in my own studio like I already was. So and I feel you on that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would say it's return to normal for me just because, I mean, there was, what was that, March, probably like April, May, when things just really shut down, shut down, and then start to slowly pick back up. But I'm, I'm back to mixing, recording. Now I don't have... You know, I don't have a lot of people in the studio anymore. And now, you know, we, me and the other engineer there, we wipe, we wipe everything down. Um, I mean, I think that's a good thing. Not right, right. People in the studio, shoot. Well, you well, you know how I feel about having a lot of people in yeah, the studio. That's, so that's, that's great. That's good. <laughs> like that's good. But um, yeah, I'm I'm back to regularly booking sessions and everything. So I, I in that sense, I feel like things have returned to normal i had uh and i didn't do as much mixing last year um i will say and it didn't hit me until someone asked me had i had anything released you know that i worked on 
of that year. And at the time I didn't, this was like, I think she asked me this, like maybe like September or October. And I thought about it. I was like, I haven't, <laughs> which is you know odd for me to get into October and not have anything released, which I had some stuff released by the end of the year. But um, by now, yeah, I'm back to, I'm back to recording. I'm, I'm back to mixing and, you know, everybody comes in the studio with their mask and, you know, we wipe down the headphones, wipe down the doorknobs. Yeah. I, I feel like it, it's what normal can be called now, I guess. Right. Mm. I mean, that's good. That's really good. That's really good. So you, I, I, I was about to fix my mouth to say you'd be surprised how many businesses have gone out of business, but no one is surprised by that. So yeah. it's really good that you're able to keep to get back to a sense of normalcy, even with the precautions you have to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about what about you, Pat? Uh, I think I've I've been. I ain't gonna say consistent, but I mean I probably work more at home. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, are oh, you talking about as far as going out to studios? Yeah, I just I had got. I mean, part of the reason why I did this whole adding the lights and stuff is just to give my room a vibe to worst case scenario. If I could never get back in the studio again, at least I could get inspired in my own room, you know. So mm-hmm. I've I've actually done more creating at home and then when I go to the studio it's more so I'm recording over your beat so I mean like I said it's been pretty much the same like I said I just probably create more at home than I did before Mm. pre-COVID so I think that the last uh, comment Zarn Desiree were making about kind of just getting back to normal and even adjusting or businesses going out of business connects to ne- you know the next thing, which is how does the pandemic change your workflow? Like some businesses, not everybody, but some businesses went out of business because they didn't pivot quick enough. They were probably in that what do we do? What do we do mentality? Whereas there's some who was able to make a quick pivot. Would you saying that people going out of business? I, I haven't, but has anyone heard of any recording studios going out of business here since the pandemic? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, Most of the people I know with studios, that's not their main income. So that's probably why. Mm-hmm. I can so see they, that. Okay. Yeah, they just shut down, you know, how no extra money right now. Yeah. I mean, as far as the workflow thing to me, it hasn't, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's changed my workflow. It's just, has added time to it now. Cause like I said, mm. I've got to, I got to take, you know, five minutes and, and wipe everything down before I leave. Or I may have to, which has only happened once where I've came in the studio and there was no wipes or there was no spray. So I'm <laughs> like, damn, now I got to run to Walmart. And, um, you know, grab some stuff before we before we get started. But um I mean, I would say COVID has probably improved my workflow flow. In what ways? Uh just help me think about it more mm. like, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And just kind of tightening up, you know, kind of what Desiree been saying, you know. Polishing mm. it up on the things you need to polish up on. Like you said, you got the time. So like I never wanted 
it to come a day and they be like, oh, COVID is over, you know, we back to normal or whatever. And then I sit there and be like, dang, I could have did this. I could have did that. I could have did this. And and I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say my workflow has improved. So, like, yeah, I'm definitely faster and I've learned a few new tips to um, improve my workflow and my quality of sound and delivery for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. What about you, Desiree, on the workflow? Uh, I would say almost ditto in what Pat said, honestly, because again, I've really been able to sit down and figure out what I really want to do with this music thing. And from there, I was able to say, okay, I want to be able to come into my studio and just turn everything on and go. So I realized, you know, what I needed to do to do that. So I did kind of reset up, you know, physically, like where my pianos and speakers are um, in my studio and um, had to get some new chords so that I can record anything at any moment when I feel it, you know. Um, So I would say as far as my work, because I didn't even have that before, because in my mind before I was like, okay, I want to be able to switch from, producing and engineering quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what my studio was set up for is to be malleable between the two. So if I wanted to record, I'd have to put all my stuff, all my production stuff away, bring out, you know, my hardware, my cords or whatever, and then do that. Or I'm like, if I was set up to engineer, like, oh, no, I want to go ahead and produce and I have to put all that stuff up or in it back in its place and then set everything up to produce. And of course, you know, they're one and they can be one and the same. So it's not like it'd be a big thing, but it would be a process I'd have to go through if I wanted to bring my pianos back out and set all that stuff back up and all that stuff. That would get tedious after a while. So I would say the time that I've had to really sit down and consider what I want to do has helped improve my workflow to it uh, cater to what I just want to do. Gotcha. So, mm-hmm. I was just thinking when we did our, our episode last year, uh, when the pandemic first started, uh, you remember how I think most of us were saying that we wouldn't take new clients. Mm-hmm. And here we are a year later where it's like, yeah, bring on, <laughs> bring on the clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that lasted for like two months, maybe. And it's like, okay, this isn't going nowhere anytime soon. So mm-hmm. uh, if you want to get in the studio, come on, let's go. Come on, right. Let's collab. Well, uh, and speaking of collabing, like how have y'all continued to network? Because that's one of the biggest things that um, I feel has kind of been taken away in a sense. Like I haven't been able to go to any conferences, which I mainly go to, to network and meet people. Honestly, for me, it's been this doing this podcast we kept it going all last year and i met a lot of people that i did not expect to meet um like rob with rlex that was exciting um meeting some of the local producers um capital minds that was a good one we had you know though doing this podcast i think has helped me personally keep up with networking and then attending a lot of virtual events that like um like i attended a uh, black classical composers hmm. seminar, you know, with some people and everyone's dropping their, you know, Instagram handles and everyone's following each other. So that's kind of how I've been able to keep up with networking. Uh, I think the pandemic actually 
has made good for networking because now you're able to get into rooms that you wouldn't have been able to get into before unless you were paying for a plane ticket to fly halfway across the country. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's been great for that. The main thing that's kind of kept me engaged in terms of networking has been my, my, uh, my participation within writing sessions in America, you know, and I have a people, I have a couple of people like I had a homie asked me the other day about, about writing sessions and if I think he should join or whatever, you know, and then, so I told him what my experience has been like the pros and the cons, but one of the biggest pros is your access to other creators. You know what I'm saying? Cause writing sessions, America is a, is a national organization. So it's a, a East coast chapter, South Midwest and West. So, I've definitely networked through that meeting other producers, songwriters, you know, I've created a couple songs during the pandemic as part, part of those, you know, boot camps. So, yeah. So, so yes, I've continued to network uh, virtually. Uh, what, what about you, uh, Zar or Pat? Yeah, I guess social media has been my new friend. <laughs> I would guess. Um, I've probably met more people on social media recently than i have beforehand so just kind of networking that way and uh trying to put a more emphasis on communicating with people whether you see them or not you know i think uh trying to get back in contact with people that you met pre-pandemic that you probably never called or forgot to call or never reached back out to so Mm -hmm. social media has kind of helped me um, revisit those networking situations. Yeah, I would. I would say the same. Definitely social media. Because uh, what I've been doing is, since I haven't been able to meet a lot of new people this year, I've been trying to reconnect with people I met a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and and following up with them and seeing you know seeing what they're up to. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely social media is which is all which is done on social media so it's definitely a huge uh huge thing right now and and i'll also say that which kind of reminds me that i need to post more but you know have y'all ever seen a post from someone and you know seeing them seeing them in that post makes you say dang i wonder what they've been up to you know so i feel like that could work in my favor as well if i post more and you make <laughs> someone reaching out to you you know what's you know what what have you been up to you know i ain't gonna lie, I be, I be wanting people to forget about me like, <laughs> i'll be i'll be trying to disappear I, well i mean i think i have a problem i'm i'm kind of weird like that i'm kind of introverted and extroverted if that makes any sense yeah because, I've, I've heard people say that before because like I don't mind being out or being seen, but I'm not like a real big fan of it. I almost like to be missed too. Like I like to, but see, I'm also a person that just kind of, I get it. I get entangled into work and then I don't care if you know I'm working or not. Like, and I, and I could care less about telling you I'm working mm-hmm. cause I'm going to be working regardless whether I post it or not. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess I'm I'm just kind of weird like that. I actually would rather you think I'm not working or I didn't disappear or whatever the case may be versus you seeing what I'm saying that I'm doing every day. <laughs> uh, I'm making beats every day when I'm really not. I'm just posting the video from Saturday that I made. <laughs> but that still puts you on uh, the reason I share clips every now and again of, of meat mixing is because you know, I'm hoping that someone sees him like, oh, he mixes. Oh, I, I'm seeing he mixes. It's not just him saying he does that. Mm-hmm. When I need something mixed, maybe I should reach out to him. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just, I'm, I'm weird like that. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. You know, your ego. That's all that is. You think it's my ego? I know it's your ego. <laughs> Why you say that? I'm trying to be educated now. Because you're talking about how others are viewing you. Like, I know you're saying I'd rather, I'd rather be missed than notice. It's like, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing either. You know, oh. we all have ego, but you know, it's just, it's just how you want to be regarded, how you, your image wants to be taken in by others. And you know, that's, yeah, that's ego. Hmm. Never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to be missed more than regarded. Cause I feel the same. I, I think with me and my ego, it's more like, I want to be mysterious, but then no one can connect with you when you're like, you know, always cryptic about every, you know, everything you say, you know what I mean? So it's a balancing act, the ego for sure. I don't, I don't think you like that at all. Really? Yeah. I don't think anyone understands shit I say, <laughs> but I appreciate it. I mean, you probably be talking on a different level, mm-hmm. which that's, yeah. that's fine. I mean, that just. <laughs> <Very sorry. laughs> what? what is going on, bro? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, somebody keeps calling my Google Voice number, and when they call it, it's ringing on my computer, so it's ringing in my headphones. I knew I went crazy. Yeah, oh, y'all can hear that? Yeah, I heard a phone oh, ringing. Is that what you were laughing at, Pat? <laughs> yeah, that and and what was said in the chat. So have oh. y'all have y'all learned any um new skills since the pandemic started? Nah, not skip not not like any new skills related to music. I mean I've I've started doing new things, you know, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a skill. Um but I'll go ahead and share. So one thing that I started doing uh, so for the people that don't know, I didn't have a car from like June to like mid-December. So, you know, I was, yeah, pretty much. Ooh. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I mean, luckily I had, you know, my roommate. So when it was like crucial stuff, he would help out. But as soon as I got a car, I got right back to work, you know, like doing DoorDash and stuff. But the new thing I would say is driving for Instacart. And like we're all professional audio people, we're educated, you know, whatever. Like obviously it's not something you go to school for, but I like the flexibility. Like it gives me the flexibility to build my business, to work on my music. Um and yeah, I I really like Publix grocery store now. Like I spend time in grocery <laughs> stores more that I normally wouldn't go to, but now that I'm in there two, three times a day, 
I'm learning what stuff is as if I work for the grocery store. So, yeah. I would say one is definitely the the guitar. I wouldn't say it's a learned skill right now, but it's on the to-do list. It's a pending skill. Yeah. Um, cause like I said, I haven't, like I said, in the, one of the previous episodes, I haven't picked it up in so long now that I've forgotten how to, I've forgotten what I had learned, uh, since getting it. Um, I've been trying to learn more Dawes as, mm-hmm. as well. PreSonus has given studio one users Ableton live light, which I've been trying to play with just a little bit, but I get frustrated in, in, uh, command cue it really quickly. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even been able to get, well, I can get a sound out of it, but I haven't been able to like, if I hit record and play, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I have not gotten very far with it at all. Um, Ableton is a weird. It is. A learning curve. Cause once you get it, you got it, but it is a learning curve. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I can't remember if I mentioned on a previous episode about Harrison Mixbus. Did I talk about that? No, I don't think so. You might have mentioned it. I'm familiar with it only because of Kelvin. Oh, I picked up Mixed Bus. I think Black Friday, it was like $19 or something. So I went ahead and picked it up. And it's it's really cool and easy to use. Like I've, I can spend more than 30 minutes in it and not get frustrated and have to quit it like I, I do Ableton after two minutes. But and the, the coolest feature that I've found out just messing with it is that it imports Pro Tool sessions. Like completely, like hundred percent. Yes. So what this means for me is because I got my new iMac that has Catalina on it, my Pro Tools, I think I got Pro Tools 12, is not compatible with Catalina. So I can't put Pro Tools on this new iMac, which really isn't a problem because I don't use Pro Tools anyway. But and I mean, I found this out going through the features. They said import PT session. I said PT. They mean Pro Tools, and I tried it and it worked. This is going to be great for me because I still have Pro Tools on my old iMac. I still got my my old iMac over here next to me, but my iLock is connected to this new iMac. So I have to, if I want to use Pro Tools on my old one, I've got to pull out the iLock, move computers with it, and all that. The fact that I can import a pro tool session into mix bus and then just bounce it right back out to put in the studio one that's worth $19 alone, uh, right there. And it's mm-hmm. Well, that's basically what I've been doing, trying to learn, uh, more. To, I've been trying to learn, um, I ain't really say learn. Well, now I will say learn, uh, logic as well. I've done a couple beats in there just trying to get, um, familiar with it because it's all of these dolls have different workflows and it just what's easy to do in one just becomes a pain in the ass in the next one and you just gotta you just gotta pick your battles i speaking of logic since i think everyone else here is logic users oh i'm so tired of seeing the damn classic piano uh electric piano pull up when i open up a software instrument yeah can you change the default you can change that okay well, you you yeah. have I've not figured out how. Yeah, so when so you press the add new track button and that dialog box comes up where you where it says software instrument audio mm-hmm. audio all that in right below that where you can choose the inputs and outputs it, you can select the software instrument that you want to load and I've noticed that once you choose one one time it auto loads that same one every time. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to try that out. Good. <laughs> that was that was that was bugging me. I'm I have to change this every time I do a new track. <laughs> right. No. I haven't learned I any new skills. I'm sorry. Now I was just gonna say that for it to, you could have gave me alchemy by default or something that has <laughs> a lot of sounds in it. Like don't just give me a electric piano. <laughs> a one dimensional has yeah. electric piano. Yeah. I, I can picture Zara like just talking out loud, like complaining about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't I guess learned any new skills. I've been Learning some new tricks, though. Yeah, I got a whole new way to use Serato Sample, and yeah, I'm dangerous. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm dangerous. I mean, you, you feel like chopping. Like sharing the love? I mean, educate us, man. Put us on game. I ain't, I ain't ready to share on here yet. Let me get okay. a little bit more better at it. Then <laughs> right. when I feel like I got it, and I ain't threatened. Well, yeah. So I learned some new ways to use Serato Sample. I learned how to use the step sequencer in Logic. Ooh, that joint is fire. And it is dope. Yeah, I'm getting better at it daily. But now, (laughs) using that, I'm like, I see why everybody uses Fruity Loops. I understand it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I understand it. But Logic's step sequencer is very dope for drums. Yeah. Mm. The workflow is so much faster when you use the drum machine designer. Yeah. Like, have you ever, have you tried doing a melody on a step sequencer? No. Bro. bro. So what's what's dope, what's dope about it is that in a step sequencer, you can click like random patterns and so it's great for experimentation because you can load up like a melodic instrument so i made this dope beat with like uh, a mallet or something and then i just like picked up i scrolled through random patterns like on the melody then i was like yo that dream was dope and so then i just built around it so hold on you gotta check whoa, that out. Whoa, pause rewind <laughs> File on the play. Hold on. You said that you can use. You did a melody in the step sequence, and they Correct. have presets that you can use to change up the patterns. Correct. Of the melody. Correct. Hmm. And once again, it's just for experimentation. I mean, sometimes it'll make it, you like. I'm ready to roll with that. You know what I'm saying? That's what I always tell people. Is less about the tools and it's more about whose hands they they're in. But when you put a dope tool in the hands of somebody that already know what they're doing, oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, that step sequencer. Uh, what else I say? Splice. And I've just recently started like working on, um like just making loops like just in case I wanted to like put out a loop pack or something. So I kind of been um, refining my skills on loop making. So what what you mean, what you mean by loop making? Don't like drum loops. 
Uh, drum loops, um, melody loops, all the above. Are you when you say loop making? Are you saying making it to specifically export it as a Apple loop or whatever? Or you mean just loop looping in the uh, in your beat? Making a loop to either collaborate with others or sell to other producers. Okay, okay, kind of yeah. like a sample pack almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like four bar loops or eight bar loops. So I kind of been working on that skill because I do want to uh, enhance my collaboration, but also get in touch with, uh, you know, giving some other people my sauce mm-hmm. and seeing what they'll do with it, you know, so. Until when you mentioned um, using Serato Sample, I've been too lazy to do this because I'm going to have to go up to the music store and get some cables or whatever. But I've been thinking about running. Um, I got yeah. my, my record mm-hmm. player connected to my mixer over here, and I can yep. easily take mm-hmm. a couple cables and run out of that mixer all mm-hmm. the way over here into my interface and just sample off some vinyl. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never been that type of beat maker. That's uh, how but, I but it's just. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a couple producers that's doing that. Like they've been doing it since, like that's how they've always used Serato Sample. Like they sample it in from a record player, and then they chop from there. I mean, I need to actually way. get a new turntable. So in my new place, we have a built-in bookcase, which is fire. So I got all my vinyl, you know, and this one of like large bookcases. So I got all my vinyl, but I still need a new turntable because my last one broke. I thought you was about to say a built-in turntable. Nah. <laughs> that would be hey. Like, why would a house have a built-in turntable? Because it's a house in Nashville. That's right. Why. <laughs> That's true. That's why. That's true. I could definitely see a house in East Nashville coming with a built-in turntable. Man. Like, built-in studio, built-in ISO booth. I take that. I, oh, <laughs> Speaking about ISO booths, so y'all remember during the pandemic when I started that that uh, that ambitious goal of building a vocal booth, right, mm-hmm. dude? So I got the floor built and everything. I mean, the floor alone in supplies cost me like three hundred, uh, like three hundred dollars. And so when at the beginning of December, I was like, "Up, oh, yep, we're gonna have to move," you know. Long story short, I I trashed it. Like I didn't want to loot. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to because it's like, yo, that three hundred dollars and that's time I can't get back. But I'm like, yo, I'm not taking this with me to a new place. So, um, I guess that's something else that happened during the pandemic that wasn't that the kind of you know had to shed a little thug tear. I was like, man, I really want to do this, but I think that's. That was one of the negative things of the pandemic. I think having so much time on my hands, like I would have never started building that vocal booth <laughs> if I didn't have all that free time. Like I wouldn't even, I mean, I would have thought about it, but I wouldn't have even like committed to it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I had all that time and then in the beginning of the pandemic, money was flowing a lot more. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was getting grants for my business and I was getting this and getting that. I'm like, man, oh, I mean, I got the money to do it. Why not? And then mm. things changed. So 
Let's uh let, let, let's talk music. So, uh, you know, minus concerts, do you think the pandemic has been good for the music industry? No. Depends on where you stand. Hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Because it's not the same for everybody. Like, you could be a creator or you could be a manager. You know, what I'm saying that manages what's being created. So, yeah, live venue. Um. Like live venue places suffer. Uh, touring musicians, like my husband, works with a um, child of a family who all they do is tour and play cover songs. That's like their main bread and butter. They live out in RV. You know what I mean? They go from city to city, state to state, and they are a traveling family band. You know, that probably affected them greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, like for mu- DIY musicians, this is probably dope, you know, probably was the quickening needed to say, okay, okay, I'm gonna finally get the focus, right? Scarlet T2I, well, not T2I, or whatever the name of their inner two, their su- two, I think two, I two, yeah. two, I two. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna finally get one, you know, I'm gonna finally get logic. I'm going to finally download whatever, you know? Um, so it just really depends on where you stand and where you were already poised to be the year before. I think Mm -hmm. facts. I mean, overall, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it was bad for most artists. Mm -hmm. Like whether, I mean, even cause I mean, did streaming numbers really go up? I I think so. But I mean I don't have a way to quantify that. But like, I don't have for any. for small or medium artists. Because eh, it seemed like they're they're the ones that release the most. But the big or semi big artists that did release, like they of course they benefited from it because people actually sat down and enjoyed their music longer, you know, than they probably normally would. But as far as like the, I didn't see too many artists break out during the pandemic. No, that's a good point. Too risky. Yeah. Like I didn't see any like, Oh, this, person this new artist is dope you know i ain't see nobody like break out of nowhere this year at all yeah i like if you if you didn't have no traction like people weren't really checking for you hell it looks like most of the the mate the super stars or major artists they said forget that i'm taking a break <laughs> yeah, a lot of major artists. I know Bruce Springsteen released some new music. Um, Timberland released his new, huh? Who's the first person you said? Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Uh, I know he was he was working on a project, and it was I don't know if it's been released just yet. And we all know Timberland's project he's working on that's going to be released. So yeah, it is a lot of lot more larger name people who already had a platform who can stand on it and deliver something different to their audience. And I think if anything, people maybe had an opportunity to discover more music that they wouldn't have had mm-hmm. discovered before. Like I discovered some, I would, I would say budding 
artists like, and I use budding quantif- to by quantifying how many plays they have on YouTube. Like this artist I found has like, you know, a couple hundred thousand plays on his YouTube videos, you know, on average. So he's definitely not old, but he definitely hasn't like broken mainstream just yet. So I think this has definitely been a time of discovery of new artists, new to you artists, you know. Yeah, because um, I know Ariana Grande released a new album yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, the, um, Pat, what you were saying about just streaming go up and you kind of think about it, I, I you kind of put music in the same sense as how podcasting numbers went down at the start of the pandemic is was really attributed to a lot of people's routine being interrupted now, just being at home. Mm-hmm. If you think of when do you listen to music the most or listen to podcasts the most, it's typically on your way to work or if you're working out or um, you know something like that, but which you you know, sitting in the house all day, your, your routine has been, has been interrupted. So now, now I'm trying to think now, as I say that, have I listened to more music now than I did? I, I, I guess I feel like it's about the same. See, I think I listen to less music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely listen to less before I got another car, but now that I have a car and because like my side hustle is doing ride share type stuff like DoorDash and Instacart. I am in my car, you know, like a lot more. So, you know, but we ain't even talk about, yeah, I heard, was that Alexa in the background? <laughs> Keep talking, man. Yeah. Somebody's but, in my ring. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but we ain't even talk about like the, the versus effect. You know what I'm saying? Like, Streaming mm. has been good for the artists that have been on the versus platform. I just wish um a lot of those artists were they weren't checking to release anything, I guess. Right. But I'm saying, but people, I mean, I think kind of like Swiss always said, I like the the educational side that was embedded in the versus. Versus would have been great for indie artists, like if you did like a like a traditional concert series, like have an opening act, like choose a budding emerging artist, you know, like, and maybe mm-hmm. they talk about it. Maybe it's coming in the future. I don't know, but things are going to be different once, you know, the pandemic dies down. Going back to listening to music, let me just ask y'all, when, when do y'all listen to music? O- only when I'm in the car. Only in the car. Desiree? I, um, I listen to music in the house. In the car, in the house. Um, you say in the house. What are you doing in the house? Are you cleaning or um, are you actively sitting there listening to it? No, I'm usually cleaning or since we've been working from home, I'll be working. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pat? I mean, I, sometimes I listen to music while I cook. Okay. Uh, but most of the time when I'm listening to music, I'm in this room and I'm actually what I, what I call studying. I'm studying it. So I'm just sitting here like this with my headphones on and just really tapping into what's actually going on. That's more so you, when you say studying it, that's not you listening to it as a casual fan. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I will say, so for me, I either, 
I'll listen to music when I'm in the shower and I'm listening to music when I work out. And I think that's, I don't generally listen to music when I'm in the car. It's probably a podcast uh, when I'm in the car. And even when I'm working out, it's usually a podcast. It's, if I, if I'm out of podcast to listen to, then I'll put some music on. But if I'm up in the studio and I'm listening to something like past you studying something, if, if someone's asking me to listen to something to, to get my feedback or something, then yeah, I'm doing that in the studio, but I don't just come up here and randomly put on some music to listen to. So no, I was just curious how everybody, what was everybody's music consuming habits? Mm. No, that's a good point. I mean, a, a lot of my fan listening is either when I'm um, traveling somewhere, that's whether it's plane or car or bus, whatever train, or I'm, um, uh, dang it. Oh, when I'm at work, when I am in at work, I like to, for some reason, I can't work in silence. Is that weird? Nah, it's not weird. Like, I have to have some plan. I mean, you're weird, but that thing is not what makes you weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I do so, think yeah. there is a beauty in getting acquainted with silence. Hmm. I like silence. I I like to. I'm you just around noise so much that yeah. I definitely cherish the moments when there's just peace and quiet. See, nah. See, <laughs> like yeah. Anytime, like yeah. I'm. You know, it's crazy. Probably in the last, the jobs that I had in the last seven to eight years. Like while I'm working, I have to have something playing in the background. I feel incomplete if I don't hear anything. Now, I like my peace and quiet, but there is sometimes where I do feel like the house is too quiet. <laughs> yeah, when you can start hearing all them creaks and stuff, that, <laughs> freaked, that freaked me out. Like, I'll turn some on just so I don't have to hear yeah. the sound of like an old house. I, I get freaked out. Like, I will, and I, I will, this one instance made me realize how much i do like the quietness so i my wife is canadian and is from montreal and her mom lives in the city and when i say city i mean it's buses and and cars like you i think there's a fire station next door like you just all these sounds that you hear like city sounds you know Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I got back to Nashville and I came to put my key in the front door and I just stopped for a second. It's like, whoa, I hear, you know, birds chirping or it's just so much quieter than just that, that city traffic ambience that you, that I was getting for the last, what, two weeks. Now listening to water is soothing, like ocean waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's relaxing. That's a good type of silence. But I mean, technically, it's still noise. <laughs> noise. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you just sit and listen to white noise, you're weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are weird. What? Yeah. That's how you... Yeah. Okay, we can just move on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know who's guilty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um... So final question, has the pandemic been good or bad for the pro audio industry? 
So to make sure we we differentiate that from the question before. So before we were just talking about music, like the creation of music. In this question, we're talking about the business side of it, right? Right. Gotcha. If you're a if you're a pro audio company that builds microphones or, or gear or whatever, mm. do you think this has been a good time for them? I think it's been bad. I will say most of the I've got a relationship with a lot of companies. Most most of them I've I've talked to has been doing good, um, especially people who make microphones, especially people who make like podcast type microphones because everybody's getting into podcasting now. Um, there's been a lot of people getting into music, trying music out. So a lot of and then <laughs> people have probably been taking their stimulus checks and buying studio gear. So yeah. yeah, I think I think affordable pro audio, consumer pro audio, which you know that's a weird phrase, but anything that is in the like the one to two hundred dollar range. I think did really well because I know in a pandemic, I'm not about to go buy a $5,000 microphone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I do want a microphone. I want a decent microphone and you can't get decent microphones for around $100, $200. So I do think it was good for pro audio, depending on the uh, price range you sell your gear at. Mm-hmm. With the On the flip side where I think things can be bad is that, you know, like I said, um, you know, about Nam is that a lot of people have been having a hard time getting parts. So a lot of stuff is kind of backordered right now. Mm-hmm. The um one of the uh one of the studios uh that I that I record at, they ordered a, a tube tech C one LB and they ordered this in September, I think. <laughs> Guess when they said that it would be ready. And if, if you're not familiar with the tube tech C one LB, I think that's what if, I'm about to look it up. I think it's a four thousand dollar compressor. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Easy. Guess, guess when they told her it would be ready? May, March, July. Oh. <laughs> and she had to put down like you know fifteen percent. She had to put down fifteen percent of it or something like that. But Jesus, uh, to buy to buy a four thousand dollar compressor in September, and you're telling me it's not going to be ready. <laughs> Until July, that is that's ten months. That is crazy. Ooh, I would have said, "Can I add it on a payment plan, please?" Right. Ten. Will it come with magical fairy dust? Like, (laughs) I know it's a pandemic, but Jesus, (laughs) that's a long time. A lot of uh, interfaces were were back ordered too. I think everybody's Mm kind of caught up now, but there was a time September, October. I saw a lot of um, a lot of interfaces back ordered. You know what I think was more back order than interfaces, which isn't even pro audio stuff. Webcams, bro. Webcams were like like out of stock for so long because I was trying to get two. I wanted to do like a dual camera, like live feed. And for like months, I couldn't get one. And then I just forgot about it. Yeah, Yeah. I I tried to get a different one to do a, a dual thing for when I go live on YouTube and yeah, you're right. Everything was sold out. I ended up getting a, uh, a refurbished Canon, uh, handheld camcorder, uh, directly from Canon site that can double as a, as a webcam. Oh, wow. Nice. 
And I was about to say, well, we got to remember about pro audio. I don't know how parts and how they build gear works, but a lot of gear, a lot of this stuff is international. So yeah. you're buying German products. You're buying Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah made in China for sure. No doubt. Man, good stuff, man. We definitely wish everybody, you know, success. And I mean, we've been talking mainly on a a kind of a upbeat note about the pandemic, but we're not insensitive to the fact that life is going to be forever different for a lot of us, you know, because of, you know, what I'm saying the family and friends that we've lost due to COVID, you know what I'm saying? So we definitely extend our thoughts and prayers, condolences, you know, to everyone impacted, you know what I'm saying? Um, Cause if it hasn't hit us close to home, it's hit somebody that we know or somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody we know. So mm-hmm. definitely man, make sure the pandemic is not over y'all stop being out in these streets, wild and reckless with no mask on, like regardless of what your political belief is or i think is a conspiracy yo it's real like i know people that have died from it it it's real it's not a game let's let's love each other well as human beings love your neighbor stop being selfish put your mask on agree and wash your hands too <laughs> i mean i wasn't washing your hands before the pandemic but when yeah, let's end on a let's end on a humorous point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, definitely stay tuned. We have some really cool guests lined up for season two that I I can't wait. But uh, I'm Zar. I'm Pat. I'm Desiree. And it's your boy O'Shea. And we'll catch y'all next episode. Peace. Hey, Faders Up Podcast listeners. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, but let's keep the discussion going. Join our Facebook group at Faders Up Podcast to share your thoughts and opinions on today's topics and interact directly with the cast.